Thank you for returning to CNT Boxing Edition. We have our very own correspondent, Lady J, reporting live from the battle of the century. Obamacare versus the care that has no name. What's it like out there, Lady J? It's the final round in the ringer, and I wish you could see this, ladies and gentlemen. In the left corner of the ring, we have Coach Paul Ryan massaging the beaten up Trump care in the trenches. Trump care is shaking. He looks malnourished and starving like he hasn't been able to afford health care in years. Ryan wipes the sweat from his own brow. He bet too much money in front of all these white-collar Republicans to have Trump care lose. He desperately whispers sweet nothings into his ear. I believe in you, baby. You can do this. You don't need Democratic or Republican support. All you need is me, baby. But Trump care is shaking. It can't do this. It can't walk out in the middle of the ring for all of the Congress to see it get KO'd because in the right corner of the ring, we have swole, six-packed, shimmering and body oil, Obamacare, cheered on by its 20 million supporters, covered across the nation with low premiums, deductibles, and cost sharing for the 57 million senior citizens and disabled Americans enrolled in the program. Trumpcare ain't got nothing on Obamacare's uninsured rate. As a matter of fact, Trumpcare ain't got nothing to replace Obamacare with. Oh my God, Ryan is dragging Trumpcare back to the floor? Obamacare even ain't even batting an eyelash, still smiling at the crowd, taking in the cheers. Wait, what's this? Trumpcare has disappeared? What, where did it go? Or was it never here in the first place? Was Paul Ryan hallucinating the whole time? Oh right, yes, because what does Trump care have in common with mermaids, the tooth fairy, and reverse racism? I'll let you answer that question for yourself. Paul Ryan, shaking at his realization of his own insanity, walks into the center of the ring and addresses the crowd. Doing big things is hard, he cries, and runs out of the ring. What a sad turn of events, people. But Obamacare wins again! Welcome back to WRCT 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Arielle. What's up, y'all? I'm Daryl, and this is CNT, your favorite feminillennial news broadcast. This just in, Pope Francis says it's better to be an atheist than a bad Christian. Well, this Jew says it's better to be a pope than a bad president. Mm, can't do much about a bad president, but you can set a good precedent by subscribing to our show on iTunes. So stay tuned to CNT. Politically aware, but not always correct. Before we get into the main story of the day, here's a little message from our sponsors. Has your department, agency, or organization been reprioritized by President Trump's budget plan? And by reprioritized, we mean, have you just been slashed like the skanky girl in a Freddy Krueger movie? Well, if you're not one of the guys building bobs, like great guys, terrific guys, you'll never find more terrific guys, you better pay attention. If you were specially chosen by the president for downsizing or total elimination, we know you've been whining like poor little babies, crying about environmental protection and after-school programs and Elmo. 
We at the new Federal United League of Salary Elimination and Redistribution, or FU Loser, understand that losing your livelihood and faith in humanity can be tough. But FU Loser pledges to lighten the load by helping you eliminate the elbows at your formerly government-funded workplace. Firing hundreds of dedicated public servants used to take ages, but not with the help of FU Loser. We use the newly padded defense budget to tell develop the Terminator, a top-grade military drone with a one single elegant directive to tell your employees you're fired. And we won't stop there. After we fired your workers and pawned your office furniture, F you loser will repurpose your defunded and deserted offices into something useful, like condos. You might be thinking, it's just a proposal. Nothing's been passed yet. We'll fight this. But come on, do you really want to get on the bad side of the bestest government of all time in five ever? Nuh-uh. So instead of fighting the inevitable, cower in the awesome power of Lord Trump and just let the social programs funding slip through your fingers like hot sand in the Sahara. Just go along with F.U. Loser and accept that the desert needs the sand more than you. And by sand, we mean taxpayer dollars. And by desert, we mean the military-industrial complex. This has been a public service announcement sponsored by F.U. Loser and the administration of United States President Donald Trump. Huh. Suck it. Welcome back, CNTs. With Trump care squashed like that ex that keeps texting you at 1 a.m., it's time to focus our attention on what the Cheeto-in-Chief has put his grubby paws on next, the national budget. Now, anyone who has ever paid attention to politics, or even watched an episode of The West Wing, knows that the federal budget is a big deal when it comes to negotiating between Democrats, Republicans, and everyone in between. Every president has a grand plan of how to fix the national budget. Trump proposing his idea is no different. Except, well, his idea is actually insane. Before we get where exactly Trump wants the money to go, we should talk about what money is actually up for debate. We can take a little comfort in the fact that there are some things that he can't touch, for now. For instance, 73% of the budget is mandatory spending. Things like Medicare, Social Security, and programs that would be devastating if abolished. That leaves the discretionary spending up to Trump's whims. Discretionary spending takes up the remaining 27% of the federal government's money. Half of the discretionary spending, that's 14% of the federal budget, is allocated towards funding the military. And still, he wants to add even more money to that pot, to the terrifying tune of $54 billion. Makes daddy's million-dollar loan look like chump change. Oh, sorry, Trump change. I'd pay off everyone's student loans. I'd be the Mother Teresa fighting against Sally Mae. Amen. Man, Oprah would have nothing on me. With $54 billion, you'd get a million, you'd get a million, everybody gets a million. Except you, Trump. You fired Elmo. So where did this $54 billion come from? Well, first of all, Trump plans on cutting 19 different governmental organizations. You know, unnecessary ones like the United States Institute for Peace, the Chemical Safety Board, and the National Endowment for the Arts. And we're not just losing Elmo with the National Endowment of the Arts. They funded Hamilton, the Sundance Film Festival, Color Purple, and get this, the Vietnam War Memorial. And with a budget of $150 million, the NEA only costs every American 46 cents. The superpower bulletproof sex toy on Amazon costs 50 cents, and I know I'm not the only one that has one of those. Well, some of us like to invest in our pleasure. The pink single jump egg vibrator bullet clitoral G-spot stimulator costs me $1.50. And that's pretty much what every American spends on the Office of Violence Against Women, which, you guessed it, Trump is also cutting. Wait, 
you spent 150 cents on a vibrator? That's more than 15 times what an average American spends on the Minority Business Development Agency. Yep, and that's 11 cents. So for all that, forget the vibrators. I use my hand and keep the change. But Daryl, at least Mexico's going to pay for the wall, right? Wrong. Currently, Donald has budgeted the wall at $21 billion, with $2.6 billion coming out of discretionary spending. Sorry, Big Bird, but we have to stop illegal immigrants from taking our jobs. As you can tell, we're pretty upset about Trump slashing Sesame Street. It's like shooting Barney in the foot. Mm, Well, Barney actually did that to himself when he cursed on air. Something that we almost do on a weekly basis. (laughs) Well, then it's like road-killing Blue's Clues. Actually, my cousin was on that show. (gasps) And he voted for Trump. (laughs) Well, that's a perfect example of correlation and causation. We'll leave it up to y'all to decide what's what. Now, back to the wall. This three-and-a-half-year project is expected to require 339 million cubic feet of material. That's three times more concrete and metal than the Hoover Dam. The Hoover Dam? The Hoover Dam. Well, Hoover Dam! Time's a ticking, Donnie. Hearings have started. The CIA is taking closer looks at your staff, and they're not finding good things. Either get this project started or admit that you really didn't have a plan for this in the first place. And even though the wall is expected to cover 1,250 miles, there's no section of this budget set to combat the number of immigrants who come over on boats. How's the wall holding up now, Mr. Baby Hands? When it comes down to it, making a budget doesn't mean cutting off all the parts of it that you don't like. You want to talk about saving jobs? You're putting hundreds of Americans out of government work because you don't feel like funding medical and scientific research. I think we can all agree that things like this are important. So why are we getting rid of agencies that actually do good for the world? Well, for one thing, none of us really know what goes under that mess Trump calls a haircut. Who knows if it's coming from him at all? What we do know is that Trump himself is being heavily influenced by the people he keeps around him. You know, stand-up guys like actual Nazi Steve Bannon and approximately half a Goldman Sachs. Hashtag drain the swamp, right? Congress completely snubbed Obama's last budget. So Trump is optimistic that the Republican House and Congress will pass it. Just like Trump care, right? You can forget about aid for Flint, but hey, we need more airport carriers. Everyone's favorite not-teacher, Betsy DeVos, wants to put more money into school vouchers, essentially taking money out of public schools and moving into private schools. Making America great again. Let's start with the kids. We could talk for hours about school vouchers, but here's the rub. The people don't support them. They don't improve academic performance, and they are far from large enough to cover the cost of private schools for low-income families. Private schools aren't even accountable to federal or state educational standards. Donald, you're not running a business. You're running a country. The two are not mutually exclusive. CEOs want to maximize profit. The American people want to not drown under the weight of increased insurance premiums. Still not convinced he read this job description. You didn't do your homework, Donnie. Since we couldn't get him off the golf course and in the studio, the Secret Service is still screening our calls, we got the next best thing. CNTs, we are so excited to bring back a favorite guest from last season. Sarah is a finance student that worked at an American investment firm in China for six months and is set to start working in asset management in New York in the fall. And as always, she's here to translate the full financial fart here in the U.S. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Thanks. All right. The last time you came on the show when Trump was a little nominee, you said that Trump was the more fiscally responsible candidate due to his tax plan. Do you still stand by that? And if so, why? So I think it's a complicated question, right? When you look at the two candidates, Hillary would have overspent, right? We would have been in more debt, which is not good for us. We're college students. That all is going to land on us. But when you look at Trump, he went way too far the other way. 
And the problem with that is, as you touched on, is that a government and a business are fundamentally different organizations. They have almost opposite goals. Mm -hmm. So a government should really be taking care of the people. A company is really just focused on making money. We call it maximizing shareholder wealth. So you're maximizing the wealth of the people who bought in. So Trump is really just interested in maximizing the wealth of the people who have financially contributed to what he would call his success. How is he doing this? He's really doing this by cutting what helps the average person. So he kind of missed the difference between what a business is and what a government is. Mm. And he doesn't know how to make the transition. So, no, I wouldn't say that he's fiscally responsible, but he's definitely the more fiscally conservative candidate. Mm. Well, the stock markets have been doing pretty well since the election. What does that mean? Is that correlation or causation? So we say that the stock markets are doing well because of speculation, what people expect to happen. So what happened is Trump said, I have all these great plans. We're going to build a wall and we're going to use American resources. We're going to build a lot of infrastructure. We're going to use American steel. Everyone thinks that's great. So many jobs, so much wealth. They're wrong. So now we see that steel coming in from Russia and resources for the wall coming in from Mexico. You know, And then we see things like Trump saying, I'm going to have this great new tax plan. I'm going to cut corporate taxes. Right. Wall Street loves that. Companies love that. They have to pay less taxes. Sounds great. Right. Yeah, it's great until Trump can't even get through a health care bill. Mm -hmm. If he can't get through a health care bill, that kills investor confidence. Now, investors are starting to be a little shaky. You know, is he going to be able to get this tax reform through? And last week we saw in one day a one percent dip in the S&P. Usually that is a sign of a financial decline coming. Uh, so it just is sort of a tip of the iceberg thing. Now, what's interesting is that today that recovered, but we're seeing a lot of volatility in the market right now. And a lot of the big analysts are saying to expect an economic downturn. Trump's tax returns were dropped in theory by Rachel Maddow. Uh, and they were from 2005 and they revealed nothing demonizing. And even if they did, it would be way too late to do anything about it. Is there anything important in those tax returns that we're missing? What was the whole point of that? And why do we still need to see Trump's taxes? So I think the point of dropping tax returns is to get people upset and to get people to make noise. When you look at those tax returns, it looks like Trump is paying something like 10% in taxes. When you live in New York City, you pay city taxes, state taxes, and federal taxes. So even I will be paying more than 30% in taxes next year. Hmm. So you figure someone like Trump should be paying around 50% taxes. Where did this 40% tax break come from? I mean, where it comes from is tax loss carry forwards. When you are really wealthy and you do a lot of investing and you have huge losses, just astronomical losses, you get to use those losses to offset your taxes in the future. And you have 20 years to use those losses before they, you know, what we call expire. So by using those losses to decrease your taxes is actually an investment strategy. What we see here, though, is that either Trump had huge losses in the 10 years before. I mean, it's just really unrealistic to think that he would have used all of his losses just in 2005. So think mm -hmm. about how many losses he used in 2005 and 2004 and 2003. What are those losses? I mean, no one knows because one year of tax returns says nothing. You mm -hmm. don't see the whole story. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it was just to get people mad. And if we learn anything, it's that Trump is probably not a good businessman and a really horrible investor. 
Do you think the majority of Trump supporters are actually motivated by economics, or is it just becoming a talking point rather than an actual motivator for people's political affiliation? People are motivated by economics because people are motivated by money. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants money, you know? You say the top 1%, they want their taxes cut. They want money. See, the people at the bottom, they want money because they're struggling. So I don't think it's a party divide. I don't think it's, you know, Trump supporters specifically. Everybody is motivated by money. What the difference is, is how people think they're going to get that money, mm. right? Do people think that they're going to get it through social programs, through tax cuts? You know, the appeal here is how they're going to get it. So I do think that people are genuinely interested in economics, but I think that people don't understand. And there's a lot of people just talking for the sake of talking. You know, they want to contribute to the conversation, but they don't know what they're saying. Because tax day is coming up, a whole lot of us don't know what to do. Uh, and what should people our age know and be doing or have already done by now? Well, you should have filed your taxes already. Um, <laughs> great. Okay. If, <laughs> if you didn't, this is like a great time to start thinking about it because, you know, it, if it's your first time filing for your taxes, it's, you know, it's a little tricky. But there's a couple things you can do. First thing is if you're a student, you are automatically entitled to get money back from the government. Federally, we all get money back, but this depends on your state. So I'm from New York. It's a little different from the people that are from Pennsylvania. Uh, so what we have to look at, though, is do your parents claim you as a dependent or do you claim yourself? A lot of times, because we're all poor college students, if you claim yourself, you get back a lot more money than if your parents had claimed you. So this is definitely something to talk to them about. Also, as students, we're entitled to a lot more uh, tax credits and refunds and those kind of things. Uh, if you need help, and you make less than $64,000 a year, which I think a lot of people do, uh, you can go to somewhere like H&R Block, and they'll do your taxes for free. Ooh, so just do it. Didn't know that. <laughs> they'll do it for free. Uh, definitely just go there. They know all the rules. You know, they can find you all your tax credits for being a student. So go there because they'll find the loopholes that you probably missed. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. We'll have you back on when the apocalypse ensues. Now it's time for our favorite CNTs, Yaya and Nene, answering some questions from our callers. Take it away, ladies. What's up, Yaya? What's up? I just think it's hilarious how Sean Spicer has become the Gretchen in Mean Girls of the Trump administration. He's just doing Trump's dirty work and still can't make Thatch happen. Yeah, that press conference yesterday afternoon was a joke. How do you tell the press that you have nothing more to say than what Trump has already said publicly? What are you here for then? Hi, I'm Macy, and I'm thrilled Obamacare isn't going anywhere. I'm her husband, Arnold, and I'm pissed about it. Two callers at the same time? In the same marriage? Oh, boy. Oh, fun. Macy and Arnold, we're not marriage and family counselors, but I can refer you to the one I have on call for Nay and I when she admits we have a problem. For the last time, we're co-workers. Co-workers don't need marriage counseling. Tell that to my journal, peppered with dried up tears. Tell that to my journal, Nay. Friendships are just marriages for virgins. Speak for yourself. Macy and Arnold, proceed, please. You guys have been talking about Trump's economic policies all this show, and we figured this may be the right time to settle a dispute. Dispute is my middle name. I, I thought it was Francesca's. My journal is peppered with fantasies of how you died. Anyway, died. I just started my cleaning business a few years ago. 
We've grown from two employees to 48, but I want to hire more. The only problem is if I add more employees under the Affordable Care Act employer's mandate, I'd have to provide health insurance to 95% of my employees. So now my staff is being overworked. We don't come from money. We have a baby on the way. I can't afford that. But this is exactly why regulations under the Affordable Care Act are so important. Without them, the average Joes of our company would be without health insurance. But why do you care so much about them when we're struggling to make ends meet? And this is why I want to see your voters' receipt. Who'd you vote for, baby? Who'd you vote for? I voted in the best interest of our family. We're first-generation Middle Eastern Americans. What are you even saying? I thought you were with her. I was never with her. I was always with us. I'm a populist American business owner who spends his time trying to raise our socioeconomic profile versus being loyal to a group we only share a birthplace with. What I'm hearing is you both are questioning where your support should lie. In self-preservation or morality? Yes. No, what they're arguing about is legacy over being politically correct. Exactly. With the Trump's administration failure to repeal Obamacare, or how I like to call it, anti-business care, it's going to be even harder for them to reform the tax code like they promised. But at least families can rest easy that their care isn't being compromised. But when you're poor in America, you're screwed either way. Obamacare or not, if a poor person has cancer, he still can't afford to live longer than an upper-class person with cancer. That's so callous. You see why I called? I need someone to explain to my wife why she's being naive, so she doesn't think, keep saying that I'm mansplaining. You are. Well, to be honest, it's complicated. Because on one hand, I understand you want to have the freedom to build a brand steadily so you can make sure your family has financial freedom in the future. But on the other hand, being an employer is an being an employer is a choice. As a business owner, you're responsible for corporate taxes and for your employees. That includes health care and regulations. If it's just about gaining wealth, you can get a job at a big corporation who'll still be standing no matter where tax reform lands. But that's not fair to say, well, you don't like the regulations, work for the man instead of being the man. Aren't there more choices than to either work for a monster or be a monster? That's life, sweetheart. Eat or be eaten. Without the condescension, I agree. No! There's eat, be eaten, and cooking your own meatless alternative. And Trump repealing the Affordable Care Act would have made cooking an option. Mm, I wouldn't say all that. I wouldn't say any of it. I don't even know if this discussion really even matters in the grand scheme of things. Trump will either get the tax code reformed or not. Don't invalidate yourself, Macy. Women do that too often when having to defend herself from the patriarchy. Look, it's good to understand how the politics in our country affect our families and those around us. I'm not the patriarchy. I'm her husband. I'm doing this for her. And on that note, why don't we deliberate? Okay, I think the question that we're all afraid to really ask ourselves is, is Trump all bad or not? Can we want to protect Obamacare but still be hopeful he gets support on his tax reforms? Dare I say it, can we improve on Obama's work? And can we acknowledge small businesses need more customized regulations versus blanket laws? while still understanding with growth comes more responsibility. So you guys agree with me. Arnold, we're seeing Beauty and the Beast next weekend. No, they agree with me. Macy, you owe me a back rub. For such a high-stakes dispute, your bets are very disappointing. I don't know. 
on, Nay. Bestiality for kids and then a bunion massage? Sounds pretty amazing to me. <sighs> the point is, we agree with both of you. Don't end your business, but also don't look for loopholes. Do put your family first. While it's hard, it's not entirely impossible to find the balance. Oh, and you may want to talk to Yaya's marriage counselor. You do mansplain, among other sexist tendencies, and that's unforgivable. Thanks, Yaya and Nene. That's it for today, guys. We'd like to take a moment to shout out the fire writers and contributors who made today's show happen. Daryl Bright, Alicia Etnoff, Ariel Hoffmeyer, Erica Jackson, Katie Pine, Javier Spivey, and Ariel Zucker. Find us on iTunes under CNT and catch us next, next Tuesday at 5 on WRCT 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Ariel. And I'm Daryl. And this is CNT, reminding you to wake, wake up and, and stay, stay woke. woke. Later. Later.